Hi, beauties. This is the Beyond Beauty Project with your host, Bridget Burrick-Brown, the show that's redefining the meaning of beauty. Enjoy, and we're so grateful to have you part of the conversation. Hi, beauties. Episode five is with Katie Wilcox, and I am so excited to share this one with you. Katie Wilcox is the founder and CEO of Natural Model Management and Healthy is the New Skinny. Her modeling agency is different from other modeling agencies. Their mission is to let models be happy and healthy while providing them with an opportunity to work as a model at their natural body shape and size. This doesn't happen at any other agency that I know of. To me, Katie is a true champion for women and is super brave taking on tough conversations and she's been working hard for years now to break down the skinny beauty ideal and the harmful effects it has on society. This is my longest episode to date because every ounce is full of so much knowledge and wisdom and I really just couldn't cut any of it out. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did creating it. Hello, hello. Um, Thank you. Hi, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to chat with you, learn more about your story, learn from you, and um, just dive into it all. So thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, I want to be able to learn from you too. So we're going to have to like do that one as well, because I don't even know your story and I want to get into that. Yeah, so we probably here. have some similar, some similar things. It's so funny because when I found, I originally found sexy is a new or healthy is a new skinny. Yeah. And I was like, where has this girl been? Like this girl, is we've what... been here. People just have not been ready for this message. I wrote that book seven years ago. And I mean, even earlier, and it was like, we've been saying this stuff for so long yep. and so far ahead of it. And people are just now at the place, like in their consciousness that they can actually wrap their heads around it. And 100%. so it's funny how we're like, Man, and that's what was so frustrating for me for so long, especially when you look at how um, health and body image and body positivity got so polarized on social yep. media. I'm like, dude, we were there 10 years before everyone else. And then people are coming to our page saying we can't talk about the things that we talk about. And it was like, what? Like it, it all got so muddied and so weird. And I think women are finally out of the fog now of going, everybody's crazy. Everybody has their own opinions and I don't care what anyone thinks I'm going to do what's best for my body now. And like, bye. And it it, it took all of this for us to get to this point where we're just like, F it. I'm just, you're definitely a trailblazer in all of this stuff. hundred percent. I mean, and young, you are doing it young. It's really, it's, it's really weird because I just always knew it's what I was supposed to do. And like, I'm a double Pisces. So for anyone who's astrology, I definitely know you're a Pisces. Cause I'm a, I'm a double Pisces. Oh my double God. Leo, Leo moon. So that's that other like leadership part. But I just always had this intuition. Like I always knew it. And I, my roommate in college was so funny. We met in New York. I went to the school of visual arts right out of high school. And I just started modeling and um, was playing competitive volleyball and kind of had to decide because I started working my senior year. And so I was missing, I'd have to like miss a practice or miss this and decide if I was going to go that way or this way. And unfortunately, since female sports get you like nowhere after you ask college, you're like, well, why would I invest in that when I, this could 
be a longer opportunity. So I went to art school instead. And then I met my friend Danielle, who we were on the waiting for the train. <laughs> she was going to the new school for singing. She's a jazz singer. And we were both like these 18 year old girls on the train. And I was like, I love your hair. She had this like huge curly hair. And she's like, oh my God, you're like so pretty. <laughs> we just started talking. And that's how we became best friends and became roommates. And so it's just a really funny story because that was when I just started modeling, but she remembers I had notebooks where I would like sketch out the stuff and it was about like sizing. And I'm like, why do we even have sizing? The sizing doesn't make sense. We need to like redo the sizing, how, like how this works and going through all this stuff before I even knew anything about it. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. Cause I had my project sort of in the works for almost like 10 years, but I didn't really even know what I was like journaling about. I would just journal about stuff. And I knew something was going to happen, but I understand that like, even I remember when I started modeling, I started modeling before you, but, um, I remember right in the beginning being like, this is so weird that everyone is looking me up and down, like literally like, and just Mm -hmm. telling me things that are wrong with my body that I didn't even know. Like I had a shadow. I remember they were like, you have a shadow. Your bottom lip makes a shadow on your chin. This is four. I'm going to tell you mine. Okay, know, tell me a, all yours. It was a week Chicago. And I was like, what? What does that mean? It was like 14. Yeah, tell, me, tell me one of yours. And, and, no, and, then, and then like probably two years later, the big lips came in. So then oh, everyone yeah. was doing this, you know? And yeah. I was like, I guess well, I got lucky there. Right yeah. yeah, that yeah, was yeah, when okay. it became cool for me. So that's why I was talking to my friends one of the models, Sydney, and she's like, yeah, uh, when I was growing up, everyone called me a duck. And then all of a sudden, then like big lips were cool. And now everyone wanted to look like me. She's like, it's such a weird thing as these beauty trends change. But, but yeah, yeah, every single model can tell you some really effing crazy insecurities that have been pointed out to them that the general public would be like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So my belly button is off center. Mm. Just in case everybody likes to know that was pointed out to me in a, in, in the sense that they were couldn't figure out why the pants just look so horrible and so awful. And they're like, they just don't fit. Something's not right. Her belly button's off center. That's what it is. Her belly button. It's oh her belly my button. Like, God. I have an off center belly button. I have one ear that sticks out further than the other. So I just cannot do my hair up because. God wow. Forbid, you know? Yeah. And no. like, this is, this is how crazy it gets and when these things are pointed out publicly and discussed publicly as if you're not standing there but it's about you it's the weirdest interaction amongst people because it's really taking out any kind of human element and then not even equating for the fact that these are adolescent girls when we start yep, like, totally it's just so disconnected and that's like what we're trying to say is now that we're women and we've stepped back into our power we're going, why was no one helping advocate for us? Yeah. Like, that's my biggest question. I'm going, where was everybody? And where, is where everybody was everyone? Right now? Where is everyone right now? So my first question for you was actually, like, why did you initially start modeling? But then I also want to know, and this is, we'll go with what we're talking about. Like, what was your biggest realizations of what you thought the industry was? the glamour and everything versus what it really was. Yeah. So I started, um, when I was an athlete and that was the first year, I think it was 2002. 
Um, and I think that was when America's Next Top Model had just come out. I think they were right around okay. that time. So they brainwashed all of America. Very similar to if you watch the documentary Athlete A, and it's about the abuse in the women's gymnastics. Yeah. The formula is the exact same as for models. That was just the generation before America's Next Top Model. So when we were girls, we all wanted to be gymnasts because that's what we saw on TV. That's who was praised. It was like on the Wheaties boxes. Oh my God, I want to be a gymnast because girls got very little media that showed them being celebrated at all. So here I was as a super chubby. I was super chubby, um, you know, fourth grader thinking, it's tall, bigger than everybody thinking I'm going to be a gymnast, you know, (laughs) like definitely wasn't my sport. And so it doesn't matter. It's that, that's how powerful it is. So when it's the same formula they had for gymnastics that they did with modeling. And what I realized was when you watch these shows, like I'm from Wyoming and um, started modeling when I moved to Washington state. So you're speaking to middle America. You're not just speaking to the, the big cities. So the messaging to all these girls in middle America was, we're going to find these girls who are just like you, who are special, but nobody sees they're special yet, except for us. We see something special in them. We just need to change their hair and then Photoshop the shit out of them. So they're unrecognizable. To Have the them gain who- like gain or lose <laughs> like 10 pounds. Yeah. yeah. Like destroy any ounce of self-esteem. And then there's a winner and that's how you've made it. That's how you're chosen. Mm-hmm. And so as teenagers, and that's what's happening through social media now, it's this idea that if you conform to all these things, then you will be good enough to be chosen, which fits right into the narrative of women. It's, yep. You can't create anything for yourself. You have to conform so that people that are better than you can choose you. And so even if you win in that formula, you're not in a place of power, you're just an object. And that's what we never, we've never recognized because we're innocent and we have dreams and a a really like, it's just a pure view of like what the world could be and what our effect and impact could have on the world. And that's what fuels this desire. And then we brainwash girls into thinking they do that by being a model. So the reality, when you get into the industry with this, like, beautiful idea about what it's going to be and how you're going to impact the world in the way that your heart feels it wants to as a girl we all have that and then you get behind the curtain and it it sucker punches you and yep. I just it really does it really does and it happens so fast like it was within three months I, I, I have to say that's something I listened to a couple of your podcasts like I really related to you on that. And I was like, finally, someone else that I always thought I was crazy. I'm like, why, why does this bother me so much? Mm -hmm. Like, why am I having a hard time with this? Why does going in the agency make me feel like I want to have a panic attack? And hearing you talk about those things, I'm like, finally, someone's actually honest about it. Yeah. And I would make my mom call. I'm like freaking 20. I'm like 20 or something like, mom, I don't want to call them. Like, I know, like, I don't want to talk to them. Like you talk to them. My mom's like, no, you have to like start talking to these people. And I'm like, oh, like it just, it's a very unhealthy. It reminds me of an unhealthy relationship with a guy where, and we were just talking about this the other day where you're going, yes, we're going to build you up. We're going to inflate you like 
you're a star. We can do this for you. This is what we see for you. Look at all these magazine covers. Like the experience from a small town to this is literally like otherworldly. You're like, how yeah. is this life? It's grooming. It's the same thing as uh, grooming. Yeah. It's going to be this. Here's what you can have. And you're like in it and you're like, oh my gosh. And everything's like, I never thought this could be it. And then it's like, oh, Abusive. but let's, let's measure you. Mm-hmm. You can be that star and we want this for you. And it's really like you have, if, if it could be anybody, it could be you, but we really need to get your hips down to this. And then you're and like, okay, okay. And I'll let's measure that. you in front of everyone. Yeah. Let's and Did have everyone comment. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Have everybody comment on it. Not only that, but let's go ahead and have you um, parade in your underwear <laughs> in front mm-hmm. of everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I'm going So as I got older and I started looking at the system and I looked at, again, like my mom was a single mom who had to work. So she couldn't just take off work to come with me to anything because she had to work. And so I was like, wow, like this is, I'm so lucky. Like I have a good head on my shoulders and like common sense and these things, because I avoided a lot just by intuition of knowing like, yeah, that energy feels weird. I'm not going into that space or whatever, but that's the majority don't. And that's where the predators are waiting and they know it and they're there. And a lot of them are in these agencies. And so those are the things we're saying is it's not good and bad. It's not all agencies are horrible. The culture and the system is rotten to the core. There are good human beings that exist in these rotten systems, which are, they're also harmed agents. We we all have one agent that were like, they were my saving grace. They were like the only good person I met through this whole process. We all have one of those. So they're there, but they're not in a position to change the the machine either. So now it's just about us talking to figure out how do we identify the root cause of these problems? How do we empower the models? The models are the commodity. And how do we even the playing field to make sure that we can rewrite these contracts so that they're actually fair partnerships instead of dictatorships and that girls are in a position of power over their own bodies and their own beauty. I love That's that. What we're trying to do. I love that. Um, so tell us why or when you decided to start your own agency and tell us, you, you mentioned yeah. it a little bit just then, but tell us what you're doing differently. Yeah. So um, again, I started, I was always considered plus size. So I was five, nine and a size 12 and playing competitive sports. Then when I moved to New York and stopped playing competitive sports and I was still too small because the sample sizes were 14 and my bone yeah. structure, obviously could never be a 33 inch hip. That's just literally impossible no. for me. So I was like, all right, I don't mind eating some pizza, like whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? At this point, yeah. like, sure. So I gained that not on purpose, but I gained like the freshman 25 from being in college and like having that whole experience. And then the positive reinforcement I got is the same as the girls who starved themselves small enough. So they're like, Oh, now you're the perfect size. Oh, now this is great. And I was like, Oh, great. Now they like me. Oh, they didn't like, now they weren't getting me any kindness or positivity, but now they are. So this must be a good thing. And that's again, that manipulation. And so I was like, Oh, but I don't feel good. Like this is like, I'm not active anymore. Like my, it's not, the weight's not like carrying well on my frame. It was just too much. Yeah. For me. And so that was the weirdest time to get this positive reinforcement and actually start booking jobs, which was amazing. And you need money to live. So now yeah. you're like, I have no money, but now if I lose weight and get healthy for me, 
I will have no opportunity. And so the majority of what was going on for so long is that girls were like, I either have to starve down. Yeah. We all know that that happens. I don't know why we like to pretend that all these girls are naturally small in that. And models need to start being honest because it will not change for you either until you start talking about it. And then we're, we're opening the door to be like, we will fight this fight for you, but you can't be silent. (laughs) You can't just pretend this is amazing. And what I've been noticing since I started uh, my podcast is that people are like terrified to talk about it because I'll go there with my questions and they will just skirt. And I had one model go, well, well, what what do you mean? I was like, what do you, what are we in the same industry? Yeah. Like they're just don't want to talk about it. I recently had this makeup artist. I worked with her. Um, and she, I didn't talk about my project at all. And then we connected on Instagram. She reached out to me. She's like, listen, I think I have something interesting to talk about. Can we meet? And we had this meeting and she, she was nervous. She's like, I want to talk about eating disorders. They're, they're such an issue. I'm, I'm recovered from one, but I see it every day. Girls sit in my chair and no one talks about this. And I love the work we're doing with the me too movement and, the, all the, you know, the sexual stuff on set, but I'm like, who, who's like helping these girls that have eating disorders? Well, and when right? you have an eating disorder brain, right. So yeah. that's what you have to acknowledge is eating disorder is a mental illness. Yeah. And so when you're conditioned from the time you're early teen to have an eating disorder, and then you're constantly praised and then rewarded for your eating disorder, what's, what's the hardest part is, and I've seen it time and time again, where you go, we're approving that you can be your natural size. I have girls that are yeah. size six figures. I have a five foot three model who's booking major. Campaigns. I love that. There yeah. are opportunities that are being carved out where if more models would say, I'm not doing this anymore. And yep. they start going to to where the opportunities are at their normal size, the whole entire industry and the landscape, yep. will change. but the eating disorder is what stops that because the shame of being labeled big or plus size mm-hmm. is so great. And the elitism of starving yourself and being a designer model yep. is yep. so powerful that they would rather starve and die than to be called plus size. So that yeah. is how they manipulate the control because we, the sizeism in our industry is the number one prejudice that still exists. We've got trans models. We've got every ethnicity. We've got everything except showing women that reflect women's size in society. That's yeah, there's no, the lowest of the low. Yeah. Like there's no sizes in between. I'm always like, where are these middle? So at your agency, you're representing Exactly. Sixes, so the eights, the tens, the twelve. Yeah, girl. So how we started was in LA. I met my husband. I was living in New York, booked a campaign for Torrid in LA, and that was the first junior plus brand, and I was 19. So Ellen Bonon were shot it and they were trying to do a kind of like guest campaign e-ish. And I was just excited not to have like grandma clothes on. I was like, oh my God, I get hair and makeup at this shoot. Like, this is great. Like the straight size models would get full production, styling, hair and makeup. And like, I'd walk on set and they'd be like, she looks pretty good like this. Like, yeah, let's powder you. Like, yeah, let's go. You're good. And I'd put on some horrendous like outfit and I'm going this, it just is such a slap in the face over and over. I went to a shoot once and the guy 
the makeup artist who I know the first one I went to in New York told me I had a football field between my eyes and my eyebrows. And I was like, is that a good thing? Like, I didn't know what that meant. So I was like, okay. And then I saw him again on a different um, shoot. And when I walked in, he goes, oh, thank God it's you. I didn't know what cow we were going to have to shoot next. But you're not even plus size. Shut up. Oh my God. I'm the size that I am right now. Like, so the, the distortion amongst all everyone in the industry is so palpable but here's the thing we go they are so out of touch with reality that it culture is going to steamroll them because they have no one in their inner bubble like us a hundred percent so I recognize that early on I would scout girls because I just wanted you know I really wanted to give girls opportunity I was from a small town in this changed my life. And I, I learned how to use the industry instead of letting the industry use me. Yeah, and so don't. I would like want to bring girls in to be like, you could be doing this. And I just yeah. always like to help girls. Like, that's just like my jam. I'm a girl's girl. Yeah, I can do to, like bring them in and teach them. So I would like teach them how to pose and all that kind of stuff. And I was trying to get them placed, you know, like scouting for um, my agencies and I'd be doing all this and they just still didn't give a shit. It was like, if a client called them, they would throw a bone but they weren't actively trying to get us work and it wasn't something they they cared about and it was very obvious so we couldn't yeah. even get us photographers to shoot us so they wouldn't even shoot plus um and I was starving myself down because after I met Brad my, my husband it was such a different culture because I met him at my biggest size and you know we just like it was literally we saw each other and it was like Zoom! like we just yeah. from another life we just knew it and we, it was the moment we met. We've been together for 19 years since. You can tell like, that. Like you can like, yeah, can it really feel is. It. And it was like that when we met. And so I was at my biggest size, but I, like we said, I never really felt like I was ugly. I never had this like self-esteem. Like I didn't have self-worth. I was just like, damn, I'm kind of, kind of out of shape right now. I'm not happy with it, but it all happened very quickly. And I had just gone to school and then I just gained that weight and then I just met him. Yeah. So I was like a little bit like, man feeling a little insecure and he was just like what I don't even know what plus size is like what is that and he was with LA models and did runway so that was his main thing and he was like look let me tell you like these girls I'm worried for them they bend over you can see every bone in their whole back he's like that's not normal like you should be able to count every single rib down somebody's back like this Mm-mm. he's like whatever plus size is I don't even know what that is but don't let this industry like change you or make you think that you need to be like that like he said good. that to me and love I was him. like good can I tell you I love you that's exactly what yeah. I said yeah so so that's where it's when I got down being with him I naturally lost weight we would just go outside yeah and I got out of New York New York's not for me energetically I just need nature I need a little peace I also didn't realize at 19 like how sensitive I am to other people's energy and yeah, so it's all it, I stayed in my ho- I stayed in my dorm room I literally was like a hermit in New York I would say I just same. felt depressed yeah, I didn't like to be out. I never felt safe. I always just felt like I always need to be on high alert to the point I could never calm like my nervous system. And so when I got out of there, I was like, oh my God, I can breathe. And yeah. I got away from the industry part and just back into like who I was as a person. And and so I naturally lost weight and I naturally went to where yep. I'm supposed to be, which is like, I'm an 810. That's just my build. Yep. That's my ideal size. And that's the no man's land in our industry. So that's what pushed me to go, hey, if I can get to it, 
a four, six, then I could still work in LA because we were allowed to be a little bit bigger than New York, yep, but not yep. too much. So that was how that started. And then I was there, I got down to a six and I was, I remember I went and I booked a job with another girl who was built like me. She was like six foot tall and same frame. And she's trying, but she's like, mm. dude, these fucking pants. And they would, they would lie on all of our comp cards and say we we're like a two because it, again, you have to lie. So everyone would lie and say you were Everyone's smaller lying. than you were. Yeah. So then when we About get everything, there, age, size, yes. everything, height. Then when you get there, they have size twos or fours and then you don't fit them. And then they're yeah. saying like you're a fat cow. And so yeah. I was, it was a brand called, I remember, I don't even know if this brand's still around. It was called Yummy Tummy. And um, it was basically like a Spanx brand. And so here I am. I'm like the smallest I've ever been in my whole life. Booked this job. And I was, <laughs> it was like on TV. And I was the real person that they just found walking on the street. Me and this other girl, Katie, who's like a glamazon, gorgeous blonde woman, like one of the prettiest women I've ever seen. We were just the normal everyday women, the, the big women. They just found out on the street to come in and try on this tummy smoothing thing. And so they put a belt around my waist, extra tight, like cinched it as small as it would go, made me bend to my side to show the before. And then she had something in her, they put like, a shirt or something crumpled up to make it look like she had a belly before for the before and then the after was like us in these tank tops and we both were sitting there because she was having the same same issues I was and we both just had a moment where we were like this is so fucked fucked up like it fucked up for us like what it was doing to our mentality that here we are starving ourselves in the smallest we can possibly get we're the fat girls on tv like and it's just how that at, people just don't understand like how it's so indoctrinated and we're seeing it in all the celebrities we look at like the plastic surgery like it's just getting crazy and i try not to judge it because i understand how it gets to that yeah point. i yeah. just trying to educate people to say that that girl experienced what we experienced and even chloe kardashian had a video going around i saw at like that tell-all where andy cohen's like do you think him and courtney got better treatment because of the way they looked and she's like yes whenever i would go to photo shoots when the show first started no one had clothes that would fit her and then she's like i remember a stylist in, in the two kim and Courtney would have racks and racks of clothes. And she's like, I remember a stylist saying to me, don't worry, you'll be in the back anyway. So when you look at, even to them, when you look at, at what that has done to her as a person, it's very obvious how this is the outcome. She needs to talk about it more. Yeah. But I, but how do you correct it when the harm that deep, but I don't know if you can. And that's why it's so important that we, we stop this for the next generation yes. of girls because that's a lifetime of therapy that she's going to need if she can ever yeah. um, and that's also cultural and societal like so true. we like to look at these celebrities and go oh they get a whole new face and body and you're like because you said they were the ugly one yeah. you put them on magazines and how ugly they are you yeah. didn't give them clothes to shoot and now you make them super famous for a fake version that is not even them how would that feel yeah, as a yeah. human being as a soul inside that body? And you're like, I just think of that. And I go, okay, this is so hard for the girls looking at it who don't understand. It's even harder for the girls experiencing it. 
And at the end of the day, everyone is harmed. All of yeah, us. All of and us. So that's where it got to the breaking point for me where I just got fed up and pissed. And I was like, I refuse to use my beauty to harm other people. Like I refuse yeah. to do that. I'm not going to give it to you so that you can harm other people with my beauty and harm me simultaneously. Yeah. And so as I talk to more straight size girls, I would just kind of like pump them up because I, I figured out how to be my natural size. And I just found those few clients that would use me for bras and these things. And I still made a living and I was like, great, if this is it, fine. And so when I would go to set and there were the girls that I would talk to and they were struggling and I would just try to like give that, be a safe person for them to go. I totally know what that's like. It's fucked up. Like you don't deserve that. And you know, and then they start opening up and telling me these stories so that's when I started the blog, Healthy is the New Skinny, is yeah. I started sharing like these stories that girls wouldn't talk about. And so then they started sending me more like, you know, anonymous stories. And so social media, like Instagram was just starting. And so that's when we started Healthy is the New Skinny on Instagram. And we made um, tank tops so that we could raise money to go into schools because schools didn't have Aww. a budget. So, yeah. so girls buy our tank tops, share their body image story as like, this was permission to talk about it for the first time. And it just kind of snowballed really organically. And then that's how we started going into schools and talking about it. But at the same time, that's when we were starting to build Create Natural. And it all, this is like such a wild story. I don't know, I won't say the guy's name, but some uh, man who used to own a top agency back in the day Okay. Can you tell me later? I was like, <laughs> so I never, I never heard of him and I was doing healthy and new skinny. I had not started natural yet. So one of my old agents was like, Oh, you need to go talk to so-and-so he'll, he loves what you're doing with this for models and this and that. So I'm like, all right. And I'm a bullshit artist too. Like I can smart, I can sniff bullshit a mile away. So, uh, I was like, all right. So we go and I'm like, this guy's so full of it. You know, he's a little dude and he talks and talks and he's really Mm. engaging. Great salesman, like super great salesman. He's like, I just love what you're doing and this is, should be corrected. And all of a sudden I'm like, okay. So we started kind of like working, working with him a little bit. And then as I was around him more, I was like, he doesn't really know what he's doing. You know, it became kind of clear to me that he might have, like, he probably did own an agency, but he didn't run it and he doesn't have experience. He would just basically be the one that liked the pretty girls and it, in the, the verbiage and the way he would talk about models. And then there was one point and mind you, I'm only 24 right now at that stage. So I'm not, I have not a lot of experience from the other side. The only yeah. model experience I, I've never like seen into this world. And so I was kind of just trying to take it in and see what it was like. And he was like, oh my God, look at this model I just found, like from Europe, like so-and-so just sent her over to me, some agent. And it was a teenage girl and she was topless. And I went in these digitals and I went, why, what would be the reason that you would need to take topless photos of a teenage girl? And I was like, so, and I, that was my immediate response to him. And then he immediately became aware that I was not a person who was down with any of that. Like, so it, it's like, they kind of see who they can, can yep. be like that with. And I yep. made it very clear from that one instance. Cause I was like, I'm sorry, but explain to me. I, there's absolutely zero fucking reason that a girl needs to be topless for a digital other than like you doing what you're doing right now, which is sending them to other men. 
and you're yeah. and that is traveling. If you're taking a teenager out of another country and you're sending her to another man for to work and you're sending nude photos of a teenager, what the fuck? Like, and so yep. Brad and I are like, this is not like, so I'm like, I'm not working with this person. And no. he had wanted us to open, like he wanted to be an investor, a connection to natural. And, you know, again, my instincts were like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. So I also didn't have the confidence at that point. Cause I'm like, well, I'm just, who am I? Yeah, and yeah. it was working. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. And it was working with him and me realizing that he needed me. Mm-hmm. And I went, Oh, it is me. He doesn't know what he's doing. He needs my message. He's using me to mask him doing the shady shit he was going to do anyway. And so it all became super clear. And Brad and I were like, holy shit. And so I was like, you know what? If he can do it, why can't I do it? And that was literally the confidence that I had. And I just, it was just pure me being naive as well, like blind confidence and not enough experience, but I'm so glad I went for it because at the end of the day, like now we actually do have leverage. And so I knew it was, if you build it, they will come mentality. I just knew it. So I was like, there's so many girls suffering, but they're so beat down right now that it's going to be a long process, but if no one tries, like we can't change it. And so that was my break point when I, I binged for the first time. Um, after doing that like excessive working out and not eating and I there was like a fourth of July barbecue and I made my friends like these maple cupcakes and I was like but I can't have any because I'm going to be cheating I'm like be a bad person if I have a fucking cupcake yeah and I remember I like licked the frosting off the baking sheet and it was just like downhill from there. And I was crying. I cried like a psycho on the floor in my kitchen. And it wasn't about the frosting. (laughs) That was just the catalyst. And I, I, it was like, I think my soul just like came back to me and was like, what are you doing? This is not who you are. This is not who you're here to be. And it just was like the rock bottom Mm -hmm. and every girl everyone every model she's being honest will have a moment that she hit rock bottom with all of this and yes what they decide some get back up and go back and do it again and some burn it all down and never come back and you know we all have these stories that are just untold right now and for me Brad came in and I was just like I literally was like I want (laughs) to I fucking hate this industry. I hate what it's done to me. I hate what it does to girls. Like I just had a full on, like, I just wanted to burn it down. And, and I was like, I quit. Like, I'm just going to quit, do something else with my life. And like, that's totally fair. Like so fair and so valid to do that. And he goes, but if you quit, who's going to help change it for the other girls? And I was like, Uh, <laughs> and I was like, like, you fucker, you got me now. I'm like, that's my warrior side. And so, so I just was like, you're right. If nothing else, I just have to try. And so yes. that's what I did. And I just was really bold about it. And it was really hard. And on, and as you know, how nasty the people in this industry yeah. are, yeah. believe me, it gets all directed at you. And so it's on top of the fact that how dare you think a model? How dare you think you could do what we oh, do? Oh, yes. How dare oh, you? Yes. Yep. Yeah. A lot of that. And um, I just kept my head down. I tuned it out. 
and I scouted every single model. I found girls at like Bank of America. I found girls like that's how we would kind of name them to remember who they were is where we would find them. I'd be like, oh, Pia Chang's <laughs> uh, Bank of America. And um, yeah. And so Starbucks, I was like, oh, and I just hustled like that. And it was it was easier for me to talk to girls about it. Because again, if you just went up to a strange stranger, a beautiful girl who's a size eight, and you're like, have you ever thought of plus size modeling? They're going to be offended at that time. Because yeah. No one knew what it was. Yep. So it was easier for me to be like, oh no, it's like me. It's not plus size. It's I'll explain it. And then they would be like, oh, okay, this is cool. And I could bring them in like that and teach them how to model. And so I teach them how to move. And it was just those client connections that I had had of being a nice person and growing up with amazing clients. I worked for Kohl's for like 15 years of my life. Same. So Same. yeah, they're just, we probably saw each other. I, yeah, I love everyone there and I'm like good friends with everyone still. And so when I started, the booker there was like, Katie, we need more plus. And I was like, okay, tell me what you're looking for. I'm going to go find it. And so I would go, go and be like, what do you think of this one? And they were just really awesome. And he would sit down with me um, when I would work there and we'd go out to dinner and he would, I was like, shoot me straight. Like literally, I don't have hurt feelings about anything. Like, tell me if it sucks tell me why I'm going to make yeah. notes and I'm going to come back and do it better. And he Amazing. would go through and be like, no, he's like, don't know too much Photoshop. No, no. Find me more like this. Da, da, da. And I'd be like, okay, okay, okay. And that's how I learned was just really Amazing. doing it that way. So they were the first ones that booked our models. And so Aww. getting in with the commercial clients, cause there was a need and I was providing, providing that need. And the bigger agencies, again, were super cocky about the plus because they made it so controlled in this, only these few girls got the opportunities that it was the same models booking everything and everyone got bored with those models, but they wouldn't try to get anyone else opportunities. So as we popped in, I'd be like, Oh, here's a new face. Oh, and then they were like, yeah. Oh, there's more options now. So kind of that made it more competitive, which was great. And then we were the, in, we opened in LA, we had two or three clients in LA. Yeah. There was like forever 21 and Torrid and there just really wasn't that many, but being in the curve industry, I saw the writing on the wall because every time I would junior. work, it would be a new junior client popped up. Yeah. A new client. Popped up. And I'm like the market's shifting to this. Yeah. So now the entire market moved to LA. So a huge, you know, we have all these major brands that left Seattle, left Chicago, yes. everyone in LA. So while we were building, we kind of just became a monopoly because all of the other agencies are still refusing <laughs> to evolve. So yes, the clients they that really need are. Yeah. And the clients that need diversity, they know we have the best talent and we're great to work with. Amazing. So they come to us first. So what's what we're seeing happen is where it used to be five straight size models and one curve model. That was like the story of our life is we were the big girl. Yep. Um, now we're seeing we're booking four models on a campaign and there's one straight size model. Awesome. And so that's where we're like, Oh my God, this is, this is opening up, not just for curve, but this, the real size range. And so if you look at the brands that are doing this, like old Navy, old yep. Navy's like killing it and, and helping us to change the market. So they have three sizes of models they use now. Their straight size model is a size four. Okay. And then the range is their size 10, 12. And then their plus is 18. Okay. And so those are, those are the sizes that they use. And then for maternity, they use about like a six, eight. So they would be using your size for the maternity. So again, totally different landscape, but what they brought to the table and to the market is the real 
the reality of size is we've been taught the size spectrum is small to large. Yes. It's a zero to a 12. When yeah. in reality, it's a zero to a 30. That's yeah. the reality of the size range. So our, yeah. our distortion of our industry thinking, oh, the sizes go small, medium, and large. You're like, no. And so that's why out in the real world, you and I are very thin people. Yeah. We're fit and, and people are like shocked that we would think we were big because the reality of size goes up to a 30 and the average size in the US is a size 16 at five foot four. So this is why everyone has distorted body image. This is why eating disorders are going to continue to be prevalent. And the number one thing that they say to me is you're promoting obesity. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Can we talk about that? Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm always like, here's, here's what I find to be fascinating is that you as an industry, it is known you have a size requirement that is only four inches larger than a four-year-old. So a toddler four, a T4, and anyone that has kids knows about how big that is, 24 inches around the waist, and but they don't have the same waist measurement. For women, around the widest part of your hips and butt with your feet together needs to be 33 inches. So yeah. not even... 10 inch difference from a four year old to an adult woman who needs to be five foot nine or taller. So that is a requirement, which means you are requiring models to be 15 to 19% underweight for their height. If you are requiring models to be underweight, you are requiring eating disorders. So not only are we not promoting obesity, you are actually requiring disorders. And then we're pretending everyone's naturally this way when we know that's not true. Now, when we swing that over to the other side of the spectrum, we have all sizes. We don't have a height requirement and we don't have a size requirement. So we're giving women permission to discover where their body naturally is going to sit. And we accept them where that is right now, because guess what? It's going to change. I've been a a six, I've been a hundred or 218 pounds when I was two weeks overdue pregnant. I'm back down to where I'm at now. That's life, and you should be allowed to let your body flow as it is supposed to. Especially as a woman. Thank you. So anytime a model is featured who's curvy, that is the public's interpretation, that she's fat, she's promoting eating disorders, she's unhealthy. But when we feature Bella Hadid, Mm -hmm. who is extremely underweight and has bones popping out all over, that she's just naturally that way. What do you mean? Like she's just normally that way. She's lucky to be built like that. I'm like bullshit. And so what we're saying is when you're requiring an underweight size, you're actually requiring and promoting eating disorders because because we don't have a standard. We're not forcing a model to be any size. She's allowed to just exist. And when women are allowed to exist, guess what? They come in every size and every single person deserves to have clothing that fits them. So if we're going to have health conversations and you guys want to go there in an industry, let's do it. I'd love to bring health physicians in to say, hey, let's go ahead and talk about how underweight all these models are. What's the, what damage does that do to our bones, to our, our longevity, to the holes in our hearts, eating, to your liver, to all of it, to your brain, to your soul. You want to talk about that? You don't want to talk about that. We'd rather just blame the fat girls. Let's just blame them for how unhealthy they are. Yeah. Yeah. 
I always think too that no one, I don't care if you're in the modeling industry or you're just a woman walking around looking at all this advertising, you don't even really understand unless you're really in tune with yourself and you're consciously doing the work to like fade all that noise out and say like, where does my body want to be? You don't even know where your body is supposed to be naturally because you're always pushing and shoving it into something else. Um, And that's also the mental policing of your body is probably the most like powerful form of manipulation, um, Mm. keeping you small. And that's why I created Healthy as a New Skinny because the beauty ideal is actually created to keep women disempowered. And so when we see that being promoted so glamorously and the reality is so devastating to women that you're looking at this systematically to say, this is calculated. And that's what I had to study because I was like, how did I fall into this? How was I manipulated this way? I'm smart. I'm like, this isn't making sense. There's got to be a reason that they want things to be like this. Yeah. And so that's what, that's what got me studying. And I found a, and where I went down a rabbit hole was I watched a documentary called a century of the self. It's a BBC documentary on mm. um, YouTube and it's all about psychology and your conscious mind and your subconscious mind and how your brain stores information and then it was Sigmund Freud figuring out how to manipulate the group mind works very differently than the individual mind. And they realized through propaganda and different techniques that you could manipulate the group mind to do what you wanted by using media. And so hmm. I studied how in Europe, they did it through war propaganda with like false flag type of events printed in the newspaper. And then they could sway the public to vote for the politician that they wanted to win. We're seeing that happen now through data mining and through all the, the bots online. So all these things have existed for a really long time. They're just being used in different ways now. And so then I started studying how the psychology of manipulating the group mind played into beauty ideals because if you look at beauty ideals across the world throughout history they've always been about selling women so to be the most beautiful was to have a husband who buys you so that's what it was for so you're like holy shit that's fucked up like once I was like wait a minute and you start looking at all the ways that women are being harmed to be an object to be sold for property by someone else and so even when I when you peel back the layers we're here watching you know music videos from the 2000s and like just blown away how sexist and horrific this content was that we consumed as children yeah and watching a a Backstreet Boys video then immediately after a Britney Spears video immediately after Christina Aguilera video So they're all very similar, but here's what we see. The men, when they're the stars, they're always objectifying the women and the women are always like, you know, dancing for them and hanging on them. And it's always about how amazing they are. And then there's all these women around as objects. When I watched the female video, I was like, oh my God, even when she's the powerful one and she's the star, she still makes herself the object, like the man's the star. 
So yes. every video like that is some guy, some extra. It's not, he's, not even, he's an extra. And he's sitting in a chair and like Britney Spears is all like, it's all about like, let me grind on you. And yeah. I'm like, you're the star. Let me You're give the star. You pleasure. Yeah. Shouldn't yeah. he, he, he be like trying to attain you? And so when I start p- looking at media and those messaging, I started to create a program to go and talk to girls at school about it because I was so fascinated by just looking through a different lens at media I had seen every day and not thought anything of. Huh. And Tell so us about Victoria, that. Yeah. So Victoria's Secret is um, the number one. I, I have to thank them because they were the number one source of amazing content for my talks of their terrible advertising. So thank you, Victoria's Secret, for, for all of my content. So my favorite video that really the girls love the most, especially the younger girls. And this is what's funny is I'll do mixed groups where we'll have like, mom's there there'll be a grandma's there and then we have the girls as young as like third fourth grade and high school everything mixed in oh, so and cool so the younger girls get it quicker than the moms it's yes. fascinating to me so i played this video i don't know if you remember victoria's secret had a had a bra or they had a commercial that was like everybody so it was like a bra for everybody and it's like my body's sexy my body's beautiful and it's like literally the same prototype the same model. girl over and over yes. again a different and color there's a hair. Body, yeah yeah there's a body for everybody but they had one dark tone and so we go through this yeah. commercial and i said one. okay what would yeah and everyone laughs like it's like a comedy everybody in the auditorium laughs out loud at this commercial because it's so stupid when you give it a frame of reference and so i said okay what were some obvious um, manipulations here what they were saying in the audio versus what they were showing you did not match so what were some of the things when you consciously were watching it that that you noticed and it was everything from saying love your body but selling you a push-up bra that was great. Mm-hmm. A body for everyone, but they showed literally one body, one type, body. which is ridiculous. I said, notice how many times they repeated, I'm sexy. And I always joke and I'm like, you have to say it with an accent or it's not as powerful. I'm sexy. sexy. <laughs> I'm it. And so it's like, yes, we kind of are just making fun of ourselves and making fun of how ridiculous all of this is because it's so it is ridiculous. And mm. so then it lightens it to go, Oh my God, yeah. I don't want to have to be like that. And I said, look, really just to really put it into frame of reference, we all wanted to be Victoria's secret models. And yeah. that was like the epitome and look at what that actually meant. That meant we got to put on underwear, go walk down a runway while celebrities who are singing stare at our bodies and make gestures towards our bodies as we walk by to go to the end of the runway give the cameras a good shake for everyone at home and walk off and I thought that was going to be my greatest contribution to this world yeah that's the manipulation we're talking about what the fuck like how do we not go oh my god how did I think that that was like what women what I could do it's just Crazy. You said something so interesting in the very beginning um, about us going to an agency and then being, you could be the one, you could be the star. You just have to fix, fix this, this, and this. And then we're waiting yeah. to be chosen. Yep. When you said that now to me how, earlier, I was like, how many times in your life have you been taught as a girl to sit and wait to be chosen? Yeah. Every single thing. So it played so naturally into our psychology of why we didn't challenge that. Why we didn't go, well, why don't I just choose myself? You don't like me? All right, cool, whatever. I'll go find someone else that does. Right? Because 
it's so ingrained. Oh, let me get back into my place. And so I don't know if you read yeah. the book. Uh, have you read Glennon Doyle's Untamed yet? Yeah. Oh yeah. Love, Love it. Her. And then um, women. Yes. Women who run with wolves. I have that on my, um, my nightstand right now. So the theme from both of those, and it was clearly like, must've been a download we both got. Cause I was just, holy shit. And it's that we've been domesticated Yeah, that from birth as girls, we have been taught, we are not allowed to exist freely. We yeah. have a cage of acceptable, what's acceptable for us. And yeah. we will be monitored by yes. everyone to let us know if we are going out of that range and, and, then- and we will be policed. And as I was thinking about this recently, I was like, wow, we are entirely policed as women, but yet yeah. not protected. Yeah. So That's all of that to me, when I start to feel insecure or I start to feel scared or I start to like, you know, it, it's a lot to like fight a machine, you know, and I'm not yeah. even fighting machines. I'm just creating the thing that I want to exist, but it yeah. frames yeah. you on its yeah. own. So yeah. it's, it, it does have feelings sometimes you're like, oh, do I really want to take this on? Do I really want to do this? But no, at I the know. end of the day, I'm like, that's not my responsibility. That's their responsibility to change. I'm just yeah. existing as myself and protecting the women that I'm able to work with. Yeah. And I'm just doing this ethically. And so if that's reflecting and shining a mirror on you and the things that you aren't doing, that's your mm. problem. And you were responsible to handle that. And and what culture decides to do with you for evolving or not is up to you. But I just come back to it every time. And I'm like, I'm feeling this way because I'm trying to contain myself or others are trying to contain me because I am afraid. And so that book, I keep it. I'm like, I will not, I'm not going to be domesticated. I've never been domesticated. I'm not going to be domesticated now. And if you don't like me, that's okay. Because myself, the way I like myself overrides what you think about me now. And 100%. that's so powerful and so scary for people that if beautiful women start advocating for women in general and are saying, you don't get to take our beauty from us and use it like this anymore. Yeah, That's the point. And so yes. it's just getting women on board, there's going to be, you have to deconstruct, like, just like leaving a cult, you have to deconstruct all the ways these things about yourself. You've got to deconstruct the ways you've been conditioned to hate other women and to be competitive with them and to tear them down because you've been torn down. So, so low, and you've got to look at a different option and say, I know girls look at what we're doing and wish they could be a part of it. And I'm like, you can, that's the difference. You have to choose yourself. And that's the only thing that we can say is that if you're going to continue to wait for others to choose you, then you're always going to get what others decide you're worthy of. Oh yeah. Say that again. If you are constantly waiting for people to choose you, then you're only going to get what others deem you worthy of. And in our industry, we don't value women and we certainly don't value models. Mm -hmm. And so it's time for you to start choosing yourself so that you can make sure that we change this, not only for, for the women who've been harmed, but for the next generation to come. I love that. What responsibility do you think the fashion industry and the modeling industry needs to take? Well, for one, we put, 
if you go back to like, why is the sample size this way? You know, they yeah. love, that's the excuse. It's cheaper to have a small sample. So you're going to put the lively, the wellness of women and girls and the livelihood of them below fabric. So that's yeah. number one. I think, yep. I think women should be first, not second to fashion. Women are number one. And when you work with us, you're a human being and human beings are the most valuable. I'm sorry. Yes. You're more valuable than money. You're more valuable than clothing. You're more valuable mm -hmm. than someone's opinion. You're a human being like, and how that's that. gotten lost. I don't understand. So right there, having connection to people as human beings, especially young girls that you need to have tact and sensitivity when you're speaking to them, because this is their face and body. Yeah. This is a human being they're it's talking to about their face and their body. You mm -hmm. can't be so callous rude and how you say these things and there's a way to talk to someone with respect where you can still let them know the information without destroying them as as people yeah so there's cruelty and we're replacing that with kindness and compassion and then that. you go what's the other thing that we all hated in this industry there's zero transparency so you can keep power if no one knows what's going on and they think you're lucky that I'm talking to you well, then I'm not really empowered to think that I'm shit and can go somewhere else and have opportunity. So it's very similar to when a man tells you, no one's going to love you as much as I do. Agents say this shit all the time. If you, you'll never get signing whilst your career will be over if you move to LA. They tell yeah. girls that all the time. Yeah. And it's no one will ever love you as much as I do. And I, I recognize anytime someone tells you that there's a shit ton of people that are going to love you more than that person will love you. Yeah. So those are all the things I figured out. All the, the key manipulations for grooming and stuff that make you think you're not shit. Mm. It's actually because you are the one. You yep. could go somewhere else. So mm. once I realized people do that to me, when they try to go, oh, you know, and that's in that book, Untamed, when she said my favorite part when she was talking about the soccer game and her daughter played soccer and she said there was like a 12 year old who was like real cocky and she was super good. And every time she scored a goal, she like smiled, like it was easy. And she's like, it just bothered me. Like, who does this girl think she is? And she's like, she's a goddamn <laughs> cheetah. And I go, and she was talking shit about a 12 year old. And I go, oh my God, that was me all growing up. Like I always had that reaction from people, even though I didn't do anything, it would just be, Same. Your, yes, your confidence and and you for who you are just irritated the fuck out of them because you were the right woman for this job. And mm -hmm. so it clicked for me and I went, Oh, I'm not responsible for how I make you feel. That's fine. You can feel how you want, but I'm responsible for knowing what my purpose is. This is my assignment. I understood the assignment. And now I just do the work, what everyone else decides to do with it. And to, to talk about that, just logistics so that you, so you know what we do different um, from the agency side is it never made sense to me that you create a toxic competitive culture amongst your employees at an agency. What the, how is that going to benefit anyone? Mm. And so no one works together. They work against each other, even internally. And so that's already going to be toxic. So if you notice when you were with your New York agency and they had an office in LA, they don't like each other and they're not actually working together. They still yeah. cock each other and they would try to steal bookings and like this whole thing that happens. So really the models lose out all the time against these agency politics and egos and everything that's so going true. on. And so we were like, okay, how do we eliminate this idea that there's favorites? Because 
we all think that, oh, well, they only push those girls and maybe they do. Um, and so I was like learning how this all works. So basically on our portfolio delivery system, when we get a breakdown and someone's like, Hey, we have the shoot. Here's what we're looking for. We literally submit anyone that we think could possibly fit that. Because what I found was a lot of times when you curate your idea of what a client's looking for, they would then book someone that wasn't even included in the package that was just Mm. on the site. So you're like, so really they don't always know what they're looking for <laughs> or, or they can't, so, or they can't describe it. Right. So you're yeah. better off just leaving that up to the client. And that's what yeah. we did. I said, okay, I understand that this is a better system to get the best, know what the clients like to see in the books, get the books as strong as they can be, make sure that we're teaching the models how to move. So they're confident from the beginning, yep. all this stuff. And then let's, yes, let the client dictate the market. And so that's what we show all of the models. They can see how many packages they've been included in and what clients have seen them. And so there's no fear of like, I'm not even being submitted. They like that girl. Cause we're like, Oh no, let's pull up every, all the data is right here. You've been in 400 packages. Oh, also you didn't go to these forecastings. So what was up with that? Oh, so there's accountability on both sides. And that's what Yeah. And there needs to be, because when you have um, a culture that is negative and toxic, it creates toxicity from everyone. So models are not exempt. And I've also, you know, have fallen into that when I was young and like, you just get beat down and then you start being an asshole too, because everyone's an asshole to you. And like, you know, so that needs to be acknowledged Mm -hmm. and and people need to realize some models egos are just disgusting and that's not acceptable. And I don't want any part of that. And just like, I'm not going to treat you with disrespect. So don't bring that to me. That's again, we can't correct it. If it's only one sided, it has to be everyone coming in to say, I just would like to work in a fair market, treated with kindness, honesty, transparency, and professionalism. And guess what? We've done all of that. And we're billing like crazy. The models are happy. And all of the lies that people would spread about us for so long, the main one was that I steal all the models jobs. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not that even possible. I, thank you. That's what we said. Uh, but, but new girls and stuff, they don't know that they just believe mm. what another agent tells them. They're like, Katie just gets here. So she could take all the good jobs for herself. That's what they said. And we were like, so wouldn't I be the only one in all these campaigns then? Like, wouldn't I be the one in the photo if I was stealing the job? So now it doesn't work because the models that are happy, you, that's the best PR you could possibly get when you treat models well, they will go tell everyone. And that's exactly what happened And the clients. Like I love working with clients because I love this industry. I love the creative aspect and I love the change we're making. And so the client relationships are, are wild. And when I hear the feedback about from other agencies or New York, they're like, you know what? It's just crazy that they act like we're doing, they're doing us a favor. Yep. No. And don't respond and all of these things. I love that you're changing that mentality um, with the booker and model, because I feel like it's always all the power has been in the booker's hands. So Mm -hmm. I see why the girls are sort of um, paranoid in a way. Because yeah. they, they, they're like left in the dark. They don't have any info. So then you just yes. start making stuff up. Like, oh, they must yes. have leaving me out or they must yep. have done this. So just being transparent, bravo. Yep. That's great. And, and when you eliminate that, now you can actually just 
do the work. It's like, so, so what I was saying was I, everyone that comes in and works with us, like, this is a, a weird universal thing. Like some women are coming in because they need to heal their bodies and they need to heal themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's just the blip of time that they're here and it didn't work, but they got something so valuable from it. Some, some girls come in and meet their best friends that they have for a lifetime yeah. and they have like a good run at it and it got them healthy. And now they're doing what they want. Some are, some are top models. Some, I, I, we were teaching a few girls how to do photography and they're now often doing that on the side. And so Amazing. what we're saying is modeling is not the end all. This is your yep. stepping stone. Be a business model. Don't come yeah. in here and think, oh, I have these bright eyes. I'm the chosen one. What, who cares? Buy a house. Focus your shit on that. I want to have a house by the time I'm 35. That's my goal. Let's work yep. together. This How is fleeting. This is all fleeting. It, Yes. And exactly. So if you come in as a business mentality and then you're able to look at data and you're dealing with people who are like, Hey, we got nothing to hide. I got zero to hide. I want you to work as much as you want you to work because I don't make any money if you don't work. And since I'm showing you how this works and I'm teaching you, you can really take the insecurity side out of it as like, we're, we are dictating who's getting opportunity. And now it comes down to, are you doing the work as a model? Is your book up to are you studying are you going to every opportunity and when you start going through that the girls that do and the girls that don't are obvious and so this is the part that no one's ever taught models how to do it's just you sit and wait for the phone to ring and we're going no 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 that's Mm -hmm. not how this works so that's all part of it and we've done you know a lot of different things that on our instagram for the natural page we have a private list that's only our models. So we post mental health stuff, body image stuff, Aww. like just inspiring things. We also start group conversations. The next thing we're all really focused on um, is there was a girl from LA Models who was just murdered in Los Angeles. I don't know if you've heard this story. No. How did you not hear this story? So this no. is what our thing we're, we're trying to blow this up. She, this was, I think a week and a half ago or maybe two weekends ago. Um, she went out with friends, went, and they're not like partiers. Her husband was on vacation visiting his dad in San Francisco and her friend's a designer. So they went out and got invited to an after party in the Hills, which is super normal. Tons of people I've gone yeah. to Leonardo DiCaprio's house before, totally. after party, whatever. Same. And she's texting, um, she texted her friend like early in the morning, let's get out of here with like wide eyes and called an Uber, but she never left the, she never got in the, they never got in the Uber and the Uber left. And then two men in three men in masks in an unmarked car dropped them off at different hospitals and left them on the side of the road oh and God. had injected them with heroin and all these other drugs. And she died and the, and her designer friend was dropped at a different hospital and she lived, but had, was brain dead basically. So I don't think she, so we're like, and this was just a blip. This was a, a freaking blip in the news. And I'm like this, what I, I read the story and we're all like, Oh my God. And so yesterday I get on our Instagram and I'm like, I mentioned it to a few girls because I know that girls getting drugged is an issue. I had no idea how bad it is now. And so I opened the conversation for dialogue because I was like, Hey, I've talked to a few of you and you've all said, this has happened to you. Yeah. I would like to open this conversation because this story of this model, no one's advocating for this girl. No one's telling you guys not to go out. I said, do not go out. They're lacing fentanyl. Do not 
try to go out and party with your friends. I was like, this is dangerous, you guys. And so it opened this whole thing. And all these girls were like, this happened to me, this happened to me, this happened to me. And we're like, okay, so now the agencies are trying to, they shuffle models into these clubs with these club promoters. Totally. So that, so all that the we're time. And we're getting oh like, God. we used so, to get bus to Donald Trump's house in Miami. Ew. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah, I started modeling in like the late 90s. So I saw a lot of stuff. So it was we a lot would of get bus. We would get bus to his house and just fed drinks, fed drugs, like everything. So when I was in New York and I'm like super green, I grew up in Wyoming. And so when we go to New York, the places we're from, when you say you're going to do something, people do it. If you say you're going to come over and mow someone's lawn, they're going to come over and mow your lawn. It's not like LA where you're like, you never see these people again after you promise. And you're like, wait, what? Like, and so I think that's also part of it is they're getting these kids fresh off the boat from communities that are more trusting. And so you don't think they would put you in harm's way. You're like, these are people I work why would they put me in a position to get assaulted at a person's house? Like, who, why would you ever do that to me? Because it's not something you would even think someone would do. 100%. And so that's, that's how it gets there. And then, I mean, I've had experiences like this where you then go to your booker and you say, that photographer was a, like a really pervy. Like, I feel like I remember going to when I was a little bit older, even saying, Hey, you know, like I was cool. Cause I could handle it, but Mm-mm. like if a younger girl was in there and I remember them going oh yeah that's just how he is yep and I'm like what? um no we were te- yeah when we were testing for the agencies we shot everyone straight size men plus um that's how we got started uh there was one of the agencies sent over a model and I opened the door and I'm like it's, she's a 12 year old on the women's board 12 and I was like uh where's your are you have your parents like where are your parents she's like oh no they dropped me off I was like so your parents drop you off as a 12 year old girl to an adult male photographer studio and didn't even come in with you and then just left and she's like yeah and I called the agency and I was like what are you guys doing I was like seriously you don't even know who this could have been I was like we feel uncomfortable with this I was like I feel uncomfortable with this and Brad did too I was like this girl's 12 why is she here like this is a child and who's unattended and we just didn't even want any part of it and it was like that's the stuff when you see it I'm going dude if that had been someone else like she's so lucky that she was yeah, there with us you totally. know and I'm like, yep. that's how scary and all some of the it. parents get so wrapped up in it Cause they're like, Oh, the modeling world. And I'm like, every people write me all the time. I'm like, Hmm, like, do they really want to do it? Do they know what it is? Do they want to treat it like a business? What do you think it's going to take to get models to start talking? I think more of these platforms, we just have to start talking about it. I think, um, more of I think that we have good platforms in the way of that we have been a model for a really long time. So we can kind of have these relatable conversations, but it has to like, you know, the, um, Anna Gantz who her TikTok just went viral. Yeah. I've been chatting with her. I I, I sent her a message, like a kind message and been chatting with her and, um, yeah. And did you see, this is, this is hilarious though. So immediately after that, did you see they, she did a collab with free people and it yeah. was their body. Positive. I was like, 
Could that be more tone deaf? I love that she got an opportunity. That's not no. what I'm saying. I talked to her. We did a, we did. I was like, we need to talk girl. And um, yeah. she was like, yeah, I'm on hold for free people. And then I saw that she did it, but she told me, she goes, when I put that TikTok out, I was so fed up that I put it out and I just went like, I might never work again. You know, it has to be, people are so scared they're going to get, you know, blacklisted. They're not going to work. So I think your agency is going to help a lot. Having, but don't they see, don't they see when she did that? Don't you see like the other girl that called out that photographer and her video went viral. And I'm like, you guys are powerful. So if any straight size model is watching this right now, look at that. And that's what I, that's exactly what I messaged her. I said, this is your power. Yeah. You have been powerless because you don't stand up. You don't use your voice and you did look at the effect it had. And now look at the opportunities you're getting because you stood up for yourself. Like that's where we're at. And if, if more models will do it together, the yep. power is in our unity. And so you have to remember you are the commodity. Beautiful women have always been the commodity. Women in general are the commodity. We're the life force. The only life that comes on this fucking planet is through our bodies. Yeah. That is why they want to control it. And that is why they want to make sure that yep. we are our owned. So this is playing out in your career right now as well. And until you step back into your power and look and go, I'm the commodity. I, they need me without any of these beautiful women on this board. This agency doesn't exist. Yeah. I'm very well aware of that. That's why we work with our models. This yeah. isn't a power dynamic. This is a partnership to say we're working together in respect and in friendship a lot of times because some of these girls that they have been with me for 10 years since I opened, those are like my sisters for an, a lifetime yeah. because they believed yeah. in me when no one else did. I will literally go to the ends of the earth for them. And like that sisterhood is what all these models are missing is we yeah. need that sisterhood and we need to say, hey, if someone comes for you, don't worry, I've got your back. If they yes. tell you you're never going to work, they're fucking lying because I have a size eight who's making six figures and happy as can be. If they tell you you Love can't that. do that, they're lying. I can prove it. And that's what, what I've been trying to do is all of these rules are made up. They're all fucking made yep. up. Yep. It, none of them exist at all. And you're living by them to keep yourself controlled. That's it. Yep. So when you look at, the, at your own future as a model and as a woman, as a is woman. this something you would want for your child or for your niece or for any girls in your life that you love? And if the answer is no, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Who are you going to talk to? Talk to us. <laughs> yes. You got to start talking. Even if, you don't, even if you don't want to say, if you want to stay anonymous, that's fine. Stay yeah. anonymous, but share your story because share the more, story. the more we do that, we don't have a union. We don't have anyone protect. So again, just by us creating what we would like to see or how we should have been treated all along, it's giving people an option. It's giving models an option to go, if the power goes there, they will change immediately <laughs> because you're going to flip it. And now yep. you're going to be able to say, no, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing mm-hmm. this. And if enough models start doing that, the whole thing crumbles. And totally. so once it crumbles, now that's all of our opportunity to say, we're going to rebuild it how it should have always been built. Yes. There's no reason why we can't go do our jobs as professionals. This is a professional job. All yep. this other toxic shit has nothing to do with our job at all. 
And we, again, have proven that. We go, we do our job, and then when we're out of our job and we clock out, we're normal human beings with lives that have nothing to do with modeling. That is the only healthy way to exist. You're not a product. You're not an object. You're providing a service when you go to model. And when you're no longer there, you're a human being outside of this industry. And if no one is teaching you that, then you need to look at the people you're choosing to work with. Yeah, I love that. Okay, I'm going to do my Beyond Beauty round now. Um, We missed my first question that I ask everyone. So I want to know how you would define beauty. I think beauty is something that you can't define. I think it's a feeling Mm -hmm. and it's something that like you just recognize. And so that's something that I've realized I go, Oh, all the time we're looking for, but it actually is like a feeling that I've learned when I feel I'm like, Oh, this is what it is. It's an essence Mm -hmm. and it's a feeling. And that's how I identify with it. And you feel it in your heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And you even get a little like, those moments, whether, I mean, it's even like, I'll see memes sometimes. I'm such a sucker. And I'm like, it's so beautiful. And I'm, like, I'm like, that one got yeah. me. That one got totally. me. So yeah, I just, yeah. I love staying in that space of like compassion and also just like magic. I love like a magical life of different yeah. people and just different experiences to me. Like that, that feeling is, is what I constantly want to be surrounded by. And staying inspired, which is my next question. Um, What's something you're inspired by right now? Oh, I'm really inspired by living in a different culture. Um, Again, expanding my worldview and expanding my awareness about so many things and living in Mexico and looking and meeting all of these amazing human beings that are so different than me. And like, and we don't even speak the language. And so here I am having like full-blown friendships and relationships with people, not even like fully being able to communicate. And so that again, is teaching you so much about energy and about kindness and how we also have different ways of understanding each other that isn't language or physical. Um, So that's been cool. And then I just really inspired to see how connected they are to family. And that's such a priority um, that they're not so focused on looks or media here or anything other than like, happiness and, you know, community. And so I'm very inspired by that. And I'm able to look at and learn from these lessons and bring that into my business to continue to create more community here and, and just warmth in a dark space for the people that we work with. I love that. And more presence. Um, Do you have a favorite mental health ritual? Um, being active. Yeah, I working out, I would say part of part of like regaining me for like stepping back into my power was lifting weights. Um, it just like putting heavy music on and like getting in that masculine for a minute where we're not allowed to be and just like fucking fucking some shit up. (laughs) Like to me, that's, I have to get that energy out somehow to where I can then go be Zen and be a nice person. So that's been really, was really cool because I made a goal. I was like, I'm going to be able to do a pull up one day. And I could never do a pull-up and I made it to five. Like I could do five yeah, pull-ups. Girl. So, so again, achievement, um, goal setting that isn't about body or isn't about weight, but about ability and determination and those kinds of things. So that's for my mental health. That's kind of what helps me keep going is setting new goals physically for performance. And it allows me to tap back into my like competitive athlete self, which has been pretty cool. Like as I get older, I just yeah. picked up tennis 
good at it and I've played it twice. So now I'm like, awesome. I'm into it. It's my yeah. new thing. <laughs> I always, I just started running. Like I always wanted to run forever, but I just like would try it and hate it. And I love it right now. I've been doing it for six months. And, um, like when I'm like, I, my thing is I have to start running and I can't stop till I'm back home. Even if I'm like a turtle, like I don't really even look like I'm running to other people, but I know I'm running, but I always think like when you do something hard physically, it helps you mentally. So I'm like, you know, especially when you're not doing it to have a physical outcome. Yes. You're doing it to challenge yourself and your ability. So again, it's like entirely different experience of what you get out of it because you're going in with a different mentality. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. Final question. If you could go back in time and tell your younger self one thing, what would you tell her? You were right. <laughs> you were right. I just knew it all along. I, I just talked to another model about this and I'll, I'll say this because I, I think another theme that's coming up over and over is how we teach girls not to trust themselves. Mm-hmm. It's like we teach them not to trust what they know. Yeah. And even when we're again can be a creepy uncle oh I don't like him he makes me uncomfortable oh no he's no he's not oh I don't this doesn't feel right I don't want to go to this school oh but you have like every single effing thing we've been taught not to trust our instincts and that someone else knows better for us and all along like I always had that feeling like I was like I just feel like I'm meant to do something really important but here I was super overweight chubby like girl in the middle of nowhere thinking like I just had that feeling though I'm like I don't know what it is I just got this feeling and I talked to another model she she grew up like me we looked almost exactly the same and she's like I knew it and I go that it's true for those of you who are watching that know it yeah you know it so Mm -hmm. now it's about oh okay and I think with modeling where we get where we get where we go wrong is we think that there's only one spot. Yeah. And so, so when we create one spot, we have to claw our way up and take people out to get there, knock someone off to be there and to keep everyone else down so we can maintain it. That and has not to even in modeling in high school and in life. Oh, yes. Yeah. In life. It's so true. So, um, so here, here we go. That's where we're like, create more spots. Yeah. So all women, to go, you had that feeling. Oh, we were supposed to work together to yeah. accomplish what we're here to do. We're not enemies. We're like the best friends and allies we could possibly have. We have seen each other too. Oh my God. It's like the best feeling in the whole world. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I would just tell my younger self to say, like, it's hard with girls because girls can be so cruel, but they're equally as effing amazing if they choose to be. And that's yeah. what I would inspire my younger self is to just choose to be like that. Wait, tell us really quickly um, about your podcast because we didn't talk about okay, that. So, and then yeah, tell us where we can find you, what else you have going on, you know? Totally, totally. So we realized again, these conversations need to be had and they need to be a little more of a safe space because Instagram is, you know, really visible and I think it's just, you can't really tell the full story. Like when we're having these conversations, they're long. There's a lot of information, yep. a lot of history. So that's why I started a podcast called Business Model and to give girls the tools and information. So even if you're not with our agency, I still want to help you as a model. There's no one else advocating for you. So we're going to. Um, but with that, there's a lot of information that had I known, I would have been able to protect myself if I knew my rights. So we're going to be yeah. going 
covering everything from talking to lawyers, entertainment lawyers, like understanding how the industry works so that models have a better idea again wow. of like the structure behind the scenes. Cause I didn't know any of it when I was a model, mm -hmm. the more you understand how it all really works, then you can actually be more productive in what your side of the job is and, and actually make way more progress if you can keep your mental health healthy. <laughs> so yes. if you're like, Oh, okay, let's reel it in with all these insecurities, insecurity and ego will like kill any opportunity. So we're like, let's get in tap into our creative genius that women are already have. We love creating. That's why we love modeling because it's a form of art and expression. So the women that are creatives, dive in they're great art directors and you can kind of stylist you start playing all these roles and having like so much fun in the fantasy of creating content now yeah. then we have to have that discussion of how that then gets manipulated and used to harm so once we understand how we're playing a part of that system something so beautiful that then is being twisted to harm people we need to go mm, okay maybe i don't need this filter on my face because yeah. I don't want, I, don't, I love creating, but do I really need a Photoshop? It's so perfect to make people feel like they don't look like that. Like these are all the, the awareness we're going to bring in with different guests, everything from former magazine editors who are happy to be talking about stuff, which is Yay. great to, clients, to agents, to models okay. and, and just anyone really that is interesting. I have a lot, my friend who's um, just, you would love this podcast. She does a lot of work in in the death and life cycle. She's like a spiritual friend of mine. So she was a doula and then she also worked at hospice. And so there is a whole podcast on grieving and death and how we as people oh. don't know how to save space for someone yeah. who's grieving. And yeah. I never learned these skills. So, so when you have, when you're a model, like we said, and you lose a family member and we had a model whose nephew was one years old and um, was found at daycare unresponsive with SIDS. Uh, and, and she is a twin sister. So she, she's a twin. So she raised, helped raise him. Yeah. And I had to get that phone call and I'm devastated. And, and she's got a whole chart of work. And so how do you, how do you say, okay, well, I have to have a livelihood. I can't say, if I say no to all these opportunities, it can stop. It can slow you down. Yeah. So you still have to make a living, but how do you do that when you have the worst day of your entire life? And yeah. so these are, these are things that we need help with. We need understanding and we need tools to know it's going to happen. It's going to happen to some of us. Yeah. Everything that you can imagine is going to happen to this one model. And how do we show up for her? How do we make space for each other to make sure that we can be allies and to, to get out of this unharmed. Yeah. So be our we're best talking house. money, how to make investments, how to do taxes, and then dating and all the shit and awesome. just really like anything else because we just like to talk so we could talk forever but <laughs> just an honest approach and this is the other thing too that's so sad is you'll do all this great stuff and it'll be other women that try to to tear it down because they're not a part of it and you're yeah. like wow that's just bad yeah let's tear her down back the junior high cycle so there's a lot that we can unpack from there there's a really great book you guys about that if you're having trouble with girl psychology and mean girl bullshit of social dynamics. It's called queen bees and the wannabes. Mm. And that is a, um, a book they use to write mean girls. So okay. they, they frame the characters off of this book. My mind was blown after that okay. because it's all, again, that. all back to social hierarchy. So once you understand psychology, when people behave like that, you can separate yourself from it and go, I know exactly what this is. This is yep. an attempt to again, 
knock me down a peg, to make me question myself, to make me fear what everyone else thinks about me and to stop me from doing the work that I'm, I'm here to do. Yep. And I have to make a choice. Am I going to do that? Or am I going to go, that's not who I am. Say what you want to say. We're mm -hmm. just going to keep doing the work. And that's what I've decided. And so I'm like, you know what? Anyone can say what they want. You can believe what you want as well. None of it has to do anything with me. And therefore, until I die, this is the work I will be doing. So have fun. Good luck yeah. trying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still showing up to do the work. That's how much it means to me. So you've, you've gotten some thicker skin though, over time, right? You have to. I mean, yeah. how can you not, you know? And that's why with Brad, like my husband, like, I don't know if I could have done it without him. Cause he's like my support system fully like about yeah he has been from day one about my body about everything like and yeah just like fuck him you've got my me and that's it. yeah like he's just like that strength for me and so yeah. at the end of the day that's what we always come back to is we're like look all this is amazing and all this is great but we're happy if we were in a one-bedroom apartment yep. and we know how to be happy without any of this therefore yeah. I'm not a slave to it Money yep. is not my motivator. So I don't, I'm not concerned with that yep. aspect of it. I feel like I have more than enough. And now it's just about sharing and seeing what we can do with a different motive, which is creating change. You can't have a passion to do something like you're doing if it's about the money. It's just, that's just, that's not money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's, I, yeah, no. Well, and um, we okay. did, just so you know, we didn't make any money with natural for the first four years. I never mm -hmm. got a single cent. Actually, all of my money, I was still working modeling jobs just because I had to, to live. And I would go work a job and try to get more models booked. <laughs> and then that's how I, how I survived. And after year five, we got to take a, a paycheck. Oh, yep. You did it, girl. Awesome. Yep. I love that. Okay. Tell everyone where they can find you. You can find us at natural models. So naturalmodelsla.com and same thing, natural models, LA on Instagram. And my page is Katie Wilcox. So Katie H Wilcox on Instagram and our business model podcast page is where you can find all like the positive self-esteem content and blog posts and also our new podcast. We just launched the first episode, so it's brand new. Okay. Okay. Um, start from the beginning. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you and so much. I talk about much. how I clogged the toilet at Brad's house when we first met and he farted in front of me <laughs> on the first date. So it's really entertaining podcast. If you guys want some real shit, not the fake bullshit. It's like, we get real. <laughs> we get real. So are you and Brad the host? Yeah. Well, yes, okay, we go okay. back and forth. There's certain ones where it's just me. If we're talking like body image and those things that he's, you know, yeah. not as, you know, going to contribute as much. Um, but yeah, we're, he's on there a ton and he's super I love funny. It. And so it's great to have the guys. I think it's nice to have a guy's perspective. Totally. A lot of, we don't hear men talk um, about these issues and, and something that I've brought to his awareness a lot that he's now like, oh man, I didn't realize that. Um, was just the fact that like when these things happen, you know, with the Texas abortion ban and with all these things that happen politically against women, it's like crickets from men. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so like, he's like, well, no, I care. Like that's fucked up. And then I'm like, I understand that you think it's fucked up, but where are you out there saying that publicly so that other people see that men yeah. actually care about yeah. this? He's like, well, I just don't think men know like how to like, do that and and I'm like 
okay, so let's figure this out because it yep. can't just be me advocating for me and true. Yeah. If you, if you say that you're the, you love us more than anything in the world, then when these things happen, I need you to want to advocate for us publicly, not me asking you, but that you should want to, because it's so fucked up. And yep. he's like, you're right. And so these are kind of the things that we're going to be talking about too, from a, a relationship standpoint. And just like men have never had to be accountable for a lot of things and they've never yeah. had to be actively involved and they've never been required, but from, from women like us, that's a requirement moving forward. And the generation we're raising is a requirement. We are no 100%. longer settling for love bar shit. So in order for men to actually be a part of the families they would like to be a part of with the quality women that make their lives better and enrich their lives, they have to step up now. Yeah. And we're going to do that together and kind of go, he, he has. So let's teach people what that process is like. And it's not pretty. And it, it requires constant challenging of each other but the outcome is really healthy amazing families and people and relationships and sex lives and living a life that actually is meaningful to you so totally. 100% yep I love that awesome. so good oh okay well I'm gonna okay, email we're gonna, you we're keeping this conversation going awesome I'll get off here and I'll go stock your stuff so I have a better idea <laughs> okay <laughs> stock all right I'll talk to you okay. soon bye okay, bye Thank you for joining another Beyond Beauty Project conversation. Let's continue to support each other with kindness, empowered voices, and self-love. Visit us at www.beyondbeautyproject.com where you can find all of our socials. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And listen, Bridget would love to hear from you. Don't be shy. So send us a DM or an email with your thoughts and what you want to hear about. See you beauties next time. This podcast episode is designed to be for informational and discussion purposes only. I am not a doctor and I'm not trained as a medical provider or counselor. I do not provide medical care or attempt to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any physical ailment or any mental or emotional issue, disease, or condition on this podcast. Always seek the advice of your own physician or other qualified healthcare providers with any questions you may have regarding your personal medical condition. Do not disregard recommended medical advice or treatment or delay in seeking professional medical advice because of information or content obtained from this podcast. If you have or suspect that you have a medical or mental health issue, please contact your own healthcare provider promptly. For urgent medical needs, please contact your healthcare provider or call 911 immediately.